You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me again this week. Today, I have Ryan Matthews on the show, and I met Ryan a couple years ago at least, and I've been wanting to get him on my show. He is incredible. He's an amazing dog trainer, which I can't wait to get into. Um, but Ryan, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you came from. Oh, geez. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm I'm super happy to connect with you. I've been wanting to be on your show uh, for quite a while. So thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, but yeah, my name is Ryan Matthews. I'm known as the canine mentalist. I'm based in Southern California. Uh, but certainly looking to change that a bit as I love to travel a lot. Uh, I'm a former Army combat canine handler turned pet celebrity dog trainer. So uh, dogs have really ultimately saved my life and I've dedicated my life to giving back to them. And that's my what I'm here for. And I really love to transform lives in a positive way, both people and dogs. So that's how I'm here to serve. Thank you. So tell me, when you were little, when you were just a kid, a little lad, um, <laughs> what was it that you wanted to do when you were older? I love this question. I, w- I remember in fifth grade in the yearbook, they said, what do you want to be? And I said, a major league baseball player. And then, Patty, if you can guess the other thing that I wanted to become, I'll legit give you 500 bucks. Guess what was the other thing that I wanted to become? I mean, I would guess a soldier, but I know it's got to be wrong. <laughs> right. Not a soldier. I wanted to be a rapper in the what? fifth grade. <laughs> That's yeah, is, awesome. Is that funny? You know, that was a lot of influence from my brother, probably. Uh, and I didn't really have pets growing up as far as dogs. And it's really been incredible to, geez, Patty, they've taught me so much about life and about myself. And I'm continuing to grow and continuing to learn, even though I've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I wanted to be a major league baseball player or a rapper. Uh, obviously, both didn't play out so much. And uh, I'm certainly glad about the path that I chose. <laughs> well, I don't think any of my listeners know this, but I do have a secret rap name and it's Skittles because I have a lot of riddles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have a YouTube <laughs> channel where I could hear more of these uh, patty flows? <laughs> I, I don't. I uh, Maybe someday. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, tell me this. When you were a kid, um, how, like, did you have any aspirations at all to go into the military? Or how did that happen? Well, geez, it's not as beautiful or patriotic as, as you may think, really. Although, I, as I said that, I had a really beautiful download Um, dogs have given me this gift patty of like turning into a bit of an intuitive. And so it's really cool that sometimes I'll get like messages from a higher power. I know that sounds kind of crazy for some people, maybe not me, but okay, cool. I love it. Uh, so anyways, I was going to say like, no, I never had the aspiration of becoming a soldier, but then, you know, the visual was like this photo of me in a GI Joe plastic tent with a soldier hat on and a fake rifle, probably when I was five. And so I guess it was there, although I didn't remember that. Uh, But really, Patty, I joined the military because I felt like I had no other options. It wasn't because I was patriotic to be be totally transparent. It wasn't for the benefits of education or anything. 
it was honestly just to run away of my current situation. Uh, I felt like was my life was in danger. Some people threatened to kill me. And honestly, I, I chose to run away. I went to the recruiter and I said, you know, I want to be military police. And number two, I want to be stationed overseas. That's because I wanted to run away. And they sure enough gave me both. And I wanted to be military police, Patty, because I wanted to clean my act up, but I didn't know how to. And wow. so that's, yeah, in 2000, that's when I joined. And uh, that's when I really started uh, my first transformation. There's been many of them in this lifetime. Oh, my word. I love that so much. You have no idea. Um, because, you know, you have that choice in life. You Everybody gets to that that fork in the road, right? Where you don't know what you're going to do or, or like you could make a bad decision, but you chose to do a really great decision that was life-changing for you. And I also think it was really funny that when you were five years old, you dressed up as a GI Joe. I kind of was getting like chills when you were telling me that because maybe somehow deep down, you kind of knew, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like there's no coincidences in life and especially when we're open, mm -hmm. but yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Kind of something funny that I usually don't open up too much on my show, but I'm going to, I guess today, um, when I was like five, I had a Mickey mouse karaoke machine <laughs> and I would pretend that I was interviewing people with it. So Whoa. that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. I wonder yeah. if you have a photo that would be really cool to see that and be like, look, like I've been training for this for years. That's really beautiful. It. Yeah. I have to go dig through all my old pictures. Cause I bet you I do, because I loved that thing. I mean, I took it everywhere. And even in like elementary school and uh, junior high, I used to take a tape recorder to school. My friends and I used to pretend like we were reporters. So oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love it. But more about you, um, because I think that you're really interesting. You, you join the military and you just think, Oh, I'm going to clean my act up, but then boom, you end up in combat. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's kind of even worse than that, Patty. You know, I had I had the intentions, like good intentions of what I wanted to do. But like, I guess I fell back into the fast life, which is what I was involved in before I joined. And I found myself under investigation within my first six months of being in the military. Now, did I do the thing? No. Was it someone else? Maybe they said I was a conspirator to something. But the, the point is, is that I, you know, fell into a pattern. And that's so relevant, by the way, with people's dogs, patterns of behaviors that are not serving us. And uh, it wasn't until uh, the colonel that I drove for, because it's so interesting, Patty. And just before we keep going, do I have your permission? Just full vulnerability, emotion, yes. laughter. Okay, cool. That's the only way I like to yes. show up in the world. So I appreciate Please. that. So I ended up being pulled for military police duties, military police duties, because I'm now under investigation. And that had happened for like, a, I think over a year, it was delayed uh, and drawn on. But anyways, Patty, I ended up being the colonel's driver, the use for provost marshal. So the colonel in charge of all military police in Europe. And here I'm under investigation. Like, what are the odds? It's so crazy. Well, my battalion commander found out he pulled me from that full bird colonel somehow and I became Colonel Chambliss's driver uh, back in, what was it, 2001, a few years ago. And he became like a father to me, Patty. And it really 
was another really instrumental part for me wanting to change who I was and stuff. It was really a beautiful interaction. It wasn't your typical driver kernel experience. It was really just very special. I feel very honored for that opportunity. From there, I got into military working dogs because after my time with the colonel, he's like, you could do anything you want. What do you want to do? And I saw the MWD, military working dog handlers, on a deployment to Croatia. And I was really intrigued. And I'm like, How, what are you guys doing? What is this? You know, we're like, oh, we're MWD handlers. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I asked him, I said, Sergeant, can I interview you, please? Can I learn more about this? And she's like, sure. It's like an easy deployment. So we had, all had a lot of time. And so I was asking him a lot of questions, very inquisitive. And I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do. And that's how I became a dog handler. I got certified in, in 2002. Um, I think I shared more than you were asking, but at least that connects some of the dots. No, I love it. And honestly, for some of my guests, I allow us to go over. If it happens, it happens. <laughs> I'm the boss. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, so... I actually want to know a little bit more about that because um, when when you were younger, before you were in the military, did you have any attachment to any animal before? Mm, yeah, one. Very special, Patty. So special. I could feel the emotion as soon as you asked it. We didn't have a lot of money growing up, but my mom would take me, and this is in like the city, and like this isn't an area where there's cattle and this kind of thing, but there was. this was back in, I guess, maybe 1985 or something. My mom would take me to this house and on the corner of their property, they had like maybe half an acre and they had a horse and she would take me to feed this horse carrots. And like, I swear that this horse could talk to me, like I could feel it. I could feel its soul. I could feel its energy. And like, that was my first transformative experience with an animal. And now that that's exactly what I now do with dogs. and their owners, where it's like, it's higher than just, oh, sit. It's this really incredible, soulful, intuitive, spiritual, if you will, connection. So that was my first real experience with an animal. And I guess, you know, that really paved the way. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was younger, I've, I remember people, some people back then, um, and even now probably, they didn't really think that animals could think for themselves. They thought that, I mean, they were kind of mean to animals sometimes, not in my house, my parents. Oh my goodness. We had every animal you could name probably in my house. Um, but I do remember like a man across the street who would like yell at his dog and he'd kick at him. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what do you think of it when, when you see that? It's someone that is just pushing their own agenda and they're not honoring the essence and that other being because that other animal or that other, even if it's a person, right, that other being has its own agenda. It has its own desires, its own wants, its own needs. And when someone is acting out in that way, they're just not honoring that other being. In addition, it's likely coming out of frustration. And the frustration is likely from a lack of understanding or knowing and probably a lack of control. That's where the frustration happens is that there's not a level of control. And let's face it, they have their own mind, animals do. And so we want to honor that. And the other part is we owe it to them to figure them out more because we're bringing them into this human world. And they don't know that a car can hurt them. They don't know that antifreeze is poisonous, right? So it's our job 
to give them the best experience possible because we're bringing them into our environment. That's a good point. I need to tell my dog that because I think she thinks I'm, I'm in her environment. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing though. My dog is so amazing. Um, so tell me about how, when you first started learning how to train dogs, because that's not easy. It's really, really, really not. You know, Patty, I feel like finally I got it figured out. It took 20 years, but it is okay to get the animal to do the thing. Is it easy? Kind of. If you don't have, if you don't have patience, it's very hard. I, I somehow am able to really have great patience with animals, with people. I'm still working on that, to be transparent with you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my very first dog, Patty, was a military working dog. His name was Rex. And I discovered Rex at Lackland Air Force Base. And so when you go through canine school for Department of Defense, uh, you work with multiple dogs. So the first one I worked with was Rex. He was a dual purpose dog, which means that he did attack work and he searched uh, he did detection for drugs. And that was uh, a huge learning curve. And it's really intimidating, right? Like not being around dogs much. And then all of a sudden, uh, here they are. They're like, okay, well, the dog's going to lunge after you. We're going to build its confidence to want to bite. And I'm just like, what? But honestly, it was it's really fun. Like your adrenaline really gets going and, and stuff. But yeah, honestly, Patty, if we can, and I think this really applies to life. That's what I just, I love about psychology of dogs and humans if we take whatever we want to teach an animal and we just break it down into many steps then it's really quite simple like it doesn't matter if you want to teach them a search for bombs or the trick of to walk backwards you take the many steps and you just break them down incremental and i feel like if we can apply that in our own life our business our personal life and say like okay well i want to launch a podcast or whatever you desire and just chop it up and just one little win at a time. And the other part is to enjoy and celebrate those those little victories along the way. So when we do it that way, Patty, it's actually not all that complicated. And I'd love to answer any questions that, that you may have about your dog now or in the future. No problem at all. All right. Well, my dog right now, she really is like the best dog. Seriously. It's like she it. can read my mind. I don't even mm-hmm. have to like... I don't even have to tell her no. And when I want her to come here, I just go like this. Did you hear that? No. That's all I do. And she'll come. Wow. So she's actually looking at me That's right incredible. Mm-hmm. She's a She's just smart. Um, so she was my mom's dog. My mom um, bought her when she was a puppy. And then my mom passed away from cancer. And oh. um, I took her and she's just amazing. She just doesn't need a thing. She just know like we know each other <laughs> that's that's really beautiful and i'm sorry for your loss you know, i had stage three colon cancer when i was 30 years old so 11 years ago and so i i understand a little bit about that journey but i guess it's even more special that you have your dog that dog with you that, that mm-hmm. must mean so much more yeah she's amazing so normally on my show i do ask my guests what's one trial that you've been through uh-huh. And you just mentioned that you had colon cancer. That's a big deal. It was, Patty. And then uh, two months after I had a heart attack, the Widowmaker heart attack. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just really about me not listening to slowing down is how I feel. I can be stubborn at times, especially back then. And 
there wasn't anything that could slow me down. Sure, I was making a lot of money, but I didn't have much of a quality of life. And I think that that's why my higher power, whatever universe, whatever God, whatever you want to call it, was like, no, you don't have a choice. And so it even took even more than that to slow me down where I didn't have a choice. I was absolutely forced. Uh, but yeah, Patty, you know, really for people listening, we all have been through things, some type of trauma, some type of something. Unfortunately, that's just this human experience. But, you know, I can't stress enough this being willing to go through the uncomfortable thing. So I actually would get the thought of getting cancer or I'm about to have a heart attack, like almost paranoid, if you will. I would have these thoughts hundreds of times a day, Patty. But I created this mental game, this creative visualiz creative visualization technique where I literally have been able to rid my thoughts of the thought of getting cancer ever again, where it used to come hundreds of times a day. And so I just would repeat this, this process in my head over and over and over again. And so I hope that serves as a little bit of inspiration about um, for others that are have, going through things and having thoughts they don't want to have and that aren't serving them, that they can actually let them go. Uh, but first, it comes from the awareness and the desire and then, you know, follow some type of way to do so. But, yeah, it it, it really can impact your life very negatively. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you've brought that up. Um, I often have, have had, have you ever had this happen? I've had a headache coming on and I'm, I will sit there and tell myself, no, I'm not getting a headache. <laughs> and I like will force myself to think I'm not going to get a headache and then it goes away. <laughs> like, that's awesome. can you do that? Or is it just me? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. And so I do feel like our thoughts highly impact our reality and our, and that kind of thing is in our desires as well. And so, yeah, I think that that's, that's a manifestation and, you know, we all have these ups and downs. I know I do. And so when I'm on, though, it's incredible as to the things that I'm able to create. And it sounds like you are and many of us are able to. But I think that, yeah, there's so much power to our mind and our beliefs that we don't tend to give it enough uh, credit that it deserves. Mm -hmm. Now, I had mentioned that I do ask all my guests, what's one of the hardest things you've been through and how did you overcome that? Um, I automatically thought, well, geez, it must be cancer, but I don't want to put that on you. <laughs> like what, so what do you think the hardest thing has been in your life and how did you overcome that? Yeah. Well, geez, Patty, this, this is a tough one. So in May of 2011, I had stage three colon cancer. And uh, two months after that, I had the Widowmaker heart attack. And this is at 30 years old. And, you know, at before this, I had never broken a bone. I hadn't been through anything physically. And so it was, it was a lot to take on. And clearly, you know, the smiling I'm doing right now, it's fake, right? That's not real, right? It's hiding emotion probably. And so just to be transparent. But a month after the heart attack, Patty, I uh, was involved in an animal cruelty case. My dog charged after me when I went to put a muzzle on her. And I wanted to put a muzzle on her because she kept licking a little sore she had. My thought was that I would allow it to dry so she could lick it, put a muzzle on. Well, there's a thing called muzzle conditioning. You need to do that with most anything you put on a dog. That's a foreign type of equipment. And I hadn't done that. And so she charged after me. And because of the health stuff, because of PTSD, 
you know, I went to the war in 2005 with a bomb dog. Um, you know, Patty, I overreacted. I acted out of character. I acted in a way that wasn't fair to my dog. It wasn't fair to myself. It wasn't fair to the community. Now, did I injure her? No. Uh, but I did, I did, you know, strike her like I, I smacked her with an open hand, um, which is unnecessary, right? Um, but I can tell you that I acted out of fear. And I can tell you that a lot of the times when I screwed up in my life, it's acting out of fear. And, and I know that I'm not the only one. And so when you say like, what was the hardest thing? Um, that Patty, like I wanted to kill myself for five years. Like every single day I was suicidal. I lost my business from that. And um, it still impacts me today. Like I did two TED Talks just so that I could, um, you know, share my side of the story because I never shared with the media what had happened. And I was, I ended up being on the front page of the newspaper and on the news from that incident because it's an appealing story. This dog trainer, you know, beats his dog, right? Is kind of how they framed it. But I never shared my side. I never shared trauma and health stuff and all of that. Now, it's not an excuse, but I will say that those things definitely had me acting outside of who I really am, the essence of who I am. So I still have a hard time with that. I've come a long way, but I used to not be able to say that without crying a lot. Uh, but that, Patty, was the most difficult thing I've ever been through. Well, you know, the thing is, too, we all really screw up, right? We've all screwed up, like, a lot of times, like, a ton of times. Um, but it's not always captured in the media or on a camera. Or I, So I didn't, I didn't even know that about you. Um, but, you know, just going to put this out here, too. Like, yes, you're remorseful, and I understand that. But really, um, people who put that, like magnifying that, I, I don't agree with that either. Like, I don't like that. I don't think that was right for you either, because, um, even the reporter who put it in there, like, I don't know all the details. However, I do know that that person's not human either. And that's not under the microscope. So, um, I, I personally don't even, I don't watch the news. I don't read the news. Um, not for the news. Um, I like this platform better, um, because we get to hear truthful stories like from you, you know, like, yeah, I screwed up and in whatever I'm moving on. And that is what I want, um, all my listeners to know, like, no matter who you are and what you've done, there's, you know, there's hope to, to do better. And, and that's the big thing, right? So well said, Patty, like I, there you go. Like, that's why we've been connected. That's why we're in this moment right now is so that someone else can hear this and feel like they have it really bad and hear this and be like, well, geez, if this guy could overcome that, then I, I can overcome this. And I share myself as a resource on, on how I overcame it. And, but Patty, you know, I had it take way longer than it needed to. It really uh, but I can tell you that this has been an ongoing evolution. But yeah, for anyone that's going through something that they don't feel is serving them, that they're ashamed of or not proud of, or um, they're not just getting the most out of the life that they want, like, let's do something about it, right? Like, let's change things up. And that's what I had to do, Patty. Uh, I had to really look to myself and transform who I was. Now, was I a horrible person? No, but I was like definitely acting out like, like a combat vet that had been through some things in society. Like that's how I was acting. And 
you know, eventually it was like, no, I need to show up in a better way. And so I've committed to personal growth and development. That's like, it's my part-time job, Patty. I met with my shaman yesterday. Um, I literally meet with people weekly because it takes work. You know, like, like you, I don't listen to the news. There's so much out there that can really pull us the other way. And I feel like it is, it, it takes a lot of effort to show up in the best us as possible. So I hope your audience will reach out. I would love to be a resource if they want to know more about what had happened. I talked about it in my first TED Talk. If you type Ryan Matthews TED Talk, there's two. It's the longer version. Um, but again, I hope it serves as, as inspiration uh, to, number one, improve who you are, show up in the world the best way possible. But we don't need to let our past define us. I think so many of us live our life that way whether it's a childhood trauma or, or whatever, something we're ashamed of. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you know, one of the best things I like about you is um, I just remember meeting you. Um, we met in person in Orlando, right? <laughs> and um, I, I clearly remember that because it was very easy to talk to you. And I just felt really comfortable around you. Um, your demeanor is amazing. You're super, you have so many super cool stories too. I mean, we could probably have like a whole series. Like if you're not podcasting, you need to be podcasting. I know, I know. <laughs> um, you're right. But, um, tell, tell us, um, you know, what are you doing now? Like today? Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that though. I just wanted to acknowledge that I'm really different, Patty, one-on-one -on -one with people. Like I like deep conversation, soulful interaction. I don't like surface talk. And I actually am I'm very introverted in a in group environment. Like I'm a much different person than I am now. And so, you know, I do have different masks, like I think we all do. Uh, but I just wanted to acknowledge that I remember we were at this um, restaurant. There's a group of us. And I remember the conversation as well. I think we were at PodFest. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I too enjoyed it. So thank you for acknowledging that. Uh, but so where I'm at now, Patty, it's, um, you know, I did admit that I had hid for many years from dog, like I took five years off from dog training. And then I kind of put my toe in the water and just a little bit. Well, I'm happy to share I'm just now, like literally just now, Patty, as in the past month, starting to get my fire back. And it's not even all the way there. And so right now what I'm doing is I'm ultimately like franchising my brand world of dog training and I'm training people to become trainers. So we have six locations. We just opened up in Nashville and Northwest Arkansas. And so what I'm doing is I'm creating a business in a box. And like I shared earlier, I've dedicated my life to giving back to dogs because they've done a lot for me, you know, especially after the war and stuff. And so my thinking is this, I can only serve so many people by myself. And I love to serve, but I just can't have a large enough impact. So I'm creating people to become dog trainers so that they can have a really good six-figure income. They can serve their community and frustration that owners are having with their dogs and help dogs, keep dogs out of shelters. And so I feel like it's a, a multi-way win. That's kind of the project that I'm most passionate about now. Of course, there's always ongoing books right now. We're getting ready to launch a children's book about dog wellness and dog training, which is really fun. Uh, but yeah, Patty, the big thing I'm interested in doing is training people to become trainers in this really cool, exciting, lean way. We can do it in just 60 days. And 
it's it's really exciting. And if anyone thinks you can't make money as a dog trainer, you absolutely can. Like I don't want to brag or whatever, but people can talk to me offline about what one can make. But I can tell you, Patty, more than the money, what feeds you so much is the smiles on people's faces and to see these dogs start to act differently and show you love saying, thank you for saving me and this family. Like, thank you for bridging the gap of communication. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. It's like you're a translator. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Really. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to be connected with you and just really, really proud of you. And you know what? It takes a lot to admit when somebody screws up, but what I really, really like is that you not only screw up, but you use that experience to help other people because Absolutely. we all screw up. <laughs> And not everybody does anything with it. And sometimes people hide under a rock and they can't get back out. I mean, so it takes a lot of courage and I'm super proud of you. And, and Mm. I definitely think that anybody interested in dog training should go to you for sure. Well, I welcome it. It's, it's really fun at this point. It's really being a problem solver, Um, but I appreciate the acknowledgement. You're the flow is is really nice with you. So I appreciate this interview and the time. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It feels like we've only been talking for like seven minutes. <laughs> no, I don't even know what time it is. <laughs> so we have a little, we have a few more minutes. So, um, so tell me right now, how many dogs do you personally have? Okay. So right now I have, you can see on the video, the dog behind me, that's Zeus. He was, he's the dog that was on the the TEDx stage with me, total character. Oh um, man! And I feel like these four photos behind me really illustrate like his essence. Uh, but yeah, you know, the other part is I have thousands of dogs because I also feel like I have this connection with clients' dogs that they're kind of mine in a way as well. Because like I tell clients, I'm like, look, in order for us to work together, we have to agree to spend our micro piece of our lives together. And that's what I get to do with their dogs as well. And I feel like they're kind of mine in a way as well because of the depth of of interaction that we have as well. But yeah, for in my house, just Zeus, I travel a lot now. I travel for celebrity clients and uh, other types of things. And so unfortunately, you know, my truth is, and it's kind of a sore subject, I don't give Zeus as much time as I'd like because of travel. Uh, So yeah, just one for now. Mm-hmm. That's good though, you know. Um, so tell my listeners where can they purchase your book? Do you have any social media? Yeah, absolutely. So people can connect with me on social at World of Dog Training on Instagram. And then my Facebook is I am Ryan Matthews. And I haven't ever done this, Patty. I yeah, actually, I, I just wanted to make sure checking on myself that it's true and it is. I've never done this before. I've given lead magnets away, but I will give your audience my book for free. I sell it on Amazon for 17 bucks. It's called The Canine Connection. But all they need to do is send me an email, ryan at worldofdogtraining.com, ryan at worldofdogtraining.com. Share that they're Patty's audience. And you didn't know I was going to offer that. We didn't talk about this, right? That's amazing. so I will send them my book for free. It's an ebook and an audio book. I will send them both totally for free just because they listen to you. And in support of, of that, I would love to give them that book. Thank you. I know there's going to be some that are really interested in this deal. And I know they're going to reach out. So thank you. 
Absolutely. You're so amazing. And um, everybody, make sure you do step over and give um, Ryan's Instagram some love. And um, if you're interested in dog training, get that book. Um, if you know somebody else who is, have them listen to this and then they can get the book. Don't just let them squeak by and cheat. <laughs> That's right. You have to listen That's to this right. whole thing and get to the end of this and then go. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ryan. Thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you and everybody who's listening. Just thank you. And um, I hope that you have a great rest of your day or your evening, wherever you're listening at. And um, again, Ryan, one more time, just share your social media. Sure. World of Dog Training or I am Ryan Matthews on Facebook. Excellent. Excellent. Everybody um, take care. And until next time, I will, uh, I guess, communicate with you online. Take care. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Patty Catter. Until next time.